This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN Plus. You can't do it the way an extra, and why would you want to? They are a unique skill set. There is a deeper level of empathy I feel that I can bring to a conversation because I'm a worker bee and I'm, I'll be shiny when I have to be. But I like the miracle that's in the detail. Wherever I choose to go, it won't take me far. I'm living my life like it's golden, living my life like it's golden. Hi there, this is Darius Tillman, Executive Director for Chicago State Foundation, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hush Loudly, where today we're going to be talking to another interesting, fabulous, fascinating introvert. It is our goal to continue to redefine the word introvert, which oftentimes is ill-defined in this extrovert-rewarding world. Typically, we accurately define introverts as those who draw energy from within and recharge more in solitude. Introverts expend energy in social situations versus extroverts who gain energy from social interaction. And introverts think, then do. We think and process before we jump, before we take the leap, while extroverts think while doing. Allow me now to introduce our next guest. His name is Darius Hillman. Darius has more than 25 years of demonstrable experience in strategic fund development, marketing and communications, and events management. As executive director of the Chicago State Foundation, he has led accountability for advancing the interests and the welfare of Chicago State University through partnership development, stewardship of university assets, and identification and solicitation of financial support from individuals, corporations, and foundations. Previously, he served as Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for the Chicago Urban League, overseeing fund development, outcomes-driven programs, and design implementation of cross-functional initiatives, including the Urban League's Race and Equity Initiative and Centennial Campaign. Darius hired and led the fund development team responsible for delivering the most successful annual fundraising campaigns in the civil rights organization's 101-year history. He is a graduate of the University of Michigan, and Darius is also an essence best-selling author of the novels Five Dimes and Devalicious and the anthology Mad Love. Welcome, Darius, to Hush Loudly. Oh, what a fantastic introduction. I'm going to take you everywhere, Jerry. <laughs> hey, I'm just reading it. It's all, all you. right. Well, it sounds good the way you say it. <laughs> so, Darius, I need to ask you, sir, are you an okay. introvert? Yes, proudly. Proudly. Can you tell us how that manifested as a child? And, you know, many of us will talk about how we were shy or we were more to ourselves. So how did it manifest with you as a child? And then how do we see it now? How does your introversion manifest as an adult? That's a great question. Uh, And ways similar and slightly evolved and different as a child, 
uh, this, when you said shy, kept to yourself, I went check and check. Mm-hmm. I was a shy kid with a lisp and stutter. My fourth grade teacher, because I communicated so infrequently, and I liked being alone. Once she, she was the first to kind of see, I think, the introvert in me. She came to my house, this is the true story, and brought books. She brought a treat for my dog spot. And then I heard her and my mom having conversations. Mm. And she suggested to me at that time that I start keeping a journal to get my thoughts out there. Mm. But she also spurred my love of reading. She gave me books to read over the summer because I didn't do a lot of playing. I also had, to add to the fun, I had asthma. So being outside, it, it suited me as an intro because when my brother and sister would be playing, they were very gregarious. They were hard and extroverts. I would sit on the porch, out of the sun, quietly, um, speaking as infrequently as possible, but really observing everything. So my mom would have conversations with her siblings, with other adults. I was the invisible kid in the room. So I was always kind of leaned back. And once my mom, who really understood me, I wasn't unhappy. I was just an introvert. And, and the energy came internally. So I, I didn't have interest in that. And my mom used to say to my siblings, each of my children are different. He's not like you. Each of you are different. But he is. he's not sad. He's good. He's just, he's quiet. She would call it quiet. But it was really all the manifestations of that introverted child. As an adult, I'm still all those things. But what I've learned to do is to tap into what now I see as the power. When I'm on, I'm on. I love people. I think some people, some of the introverts don't like. I love people. I work in relationship businesses. I've written three books. But I have to be very mindful of the energy I'm giving. And I will say to folks, I know me well enough now at 52. I'm about to be 52 in a few weeks. Blessing in and of itself. But I know me well enough to know that if I have an evening event after a full day of work, the last hour of my day, my team knows I'm going to shut down. I'll go into my office, gather up that energy because I want to be engaged, but it takes effort and work. So, so I know not how to manage those things, but my time alone, I love my downtime. I love being alone. I love whether it's reading a book or just listening to good music. That's where I draw my energy. I will have, after I do an event or a big fundraising activity, I have to shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it trains. It, and I don't mean like, oh, it's horrible. It just does. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when it's happening, but I need it. I, I am the first to leave a party. I'm never the last mm-hmm. to leave a party. I'll come in. I'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. But, but, but my internal clock says to me, and you need to shut down now. And then I gently, gracefully exit stage left. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your fourth grade teacher and your mom who was so supportive of it, open to it and supportive and and saw whatever this was, the special power, which I call it in you. So I love that. Yeah, yeah that, that's, uh, thank you for sharing yeah, that. I've never forgotten that, that teacher, yeah. what she did. It changed the trajectory of my life, and it helped my mom to fully see me. But yeah. it also, and I think what it also did was was made it a bit more difficult for people to just go, oh, he's not as smart, or he's not this, or he's not that. She's like, no, he's all those things. Mm-hmm. He's also an introvert. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to, you know, just like when you take one of those those Meyer, Myers-Briggs tests, yeah. Um, how do you engage differently? It's not that you're good or bad. It's, mm-hmm. it's knowing everything about you so that you can engage with the world and, and, and get things the way that 
they support you. I'm just different than an extrovert in that way. Yeah. I'm no less bright, no less anything. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Did you ever take a Myers Briggs or one of the uh, other personality assessments? Uh, probably all of them. My first Myers Briggs, oh, I was fresh out of college. I made my first job. And I, like, I'm sure the, the test just screamed, introvert, introvert, introvert. He is so deeply introverted. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, while I am still over the 20 plus years, maybe almost 30 since that first test, mm-hmm. it's still introvert. But it shows kind of a evolved a bit from from the very introvert capital I. I'm still an mm-hmm. introvert, mm-hmm. but some of those things of being know, knowing that I have to push myself. Yeah. I think that now shows itself in the test. But I still show as an introvert. I just am. Yeah, and they say that and we hope to have some an expert on to talk about it soon. But they talk about how it may change based on your age or your career or whatever is happening in your life. But you're still inherently an introvert, but some of the other things may change as you maneuver and navigate through life. So I want you to share this other story. I was introduced to you because we have a friend in common Uh. (laughs) who was trying to convince you that you were not an introvert. And that has happened to me sometimes, but it sounds like she said she was almost arguing with you that you could not be an introvert. And I think that's also partly because of whatever her definition or others definition of introvert is. So I think when that happens to me, I'll say, what's your definition of an introvert? And then they'll say shy. And then that opens the door for me to educate and say, well, some of us may be shy, but this is what an introvert is. So can you share that story with us? I feel like I want to name names, and I told her I would. Um, Sherelle, Sherelle Fuller. Sherelle Fuller. Sherelle, yes. um, <laughs> this is how I know Sherelle. She's one of my new favorite people in the world. Sherelle is one of my bosses. She is one of the newest members and a fantastic member, by the way, of the uh, Chicago State Foundation's Board of Directors. She is she's an extrovert. She is mm-hmm. she is spot on. Mm-hmm. We were having a conversation and I I don't remember what the specifics were, but I said, you know, I'm a, well, I'm an introvert. And there was this gut busting laughter. I mean, it was just from the very <laughs> abyss of her being. Yeah. And I I remember going, what is she? And like, she's like laughing. Like, I just told the funniest joke. She's like, you are not. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And I hear I'm going, I, I am. No, you're not. Come on, you are. I mean, you just broke out in song at our board dinner. We asked you to sing it. You broke out in song. I'm like, yeah. Let me give you a perfect example. Love people. Happy to do it. But as soon as I left that board dinner, I had to go home and lie in the fetal position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed every moment of that, but it didn't give me energy. I enjoyed the experience of being with people who I like and I respect. Oh, I have a great board. But I went home and went, oh, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me walk the dogs and climb into bed. That, that is the best way to show the difference. And I think that, that resonated for her. When I'm on, I'm on. Whereas my late brother, my late brother, you could just see it. He fed off the energy of others. He would break out mm-hmm. the song as well, mm-hmm. but he'd give you a second one and then mm-hmm. stay there late. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a song and go, I got one good song in me, and that's going to take something from me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Uh, yeah. I can get it back. I can I can recover. But it takes something. It doesn't give me something. 
And that's great for our listeners, too, who are still coming to terms with and understanding how we move and how we navigate. So that's, thank you yeah. for sharing that as well. Oh, and, and if I may, if yeah. I can just finish, to Sherelle's credit, she is now since one of the biggest advocates of explaining to people who I am and what she's learned. Uh-huh. And like your program, you know I'm a fan of your program. Before you and I even met, I was a mm-hmm. fan of you and your show, which is divine. Work. I love that. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. But to Sherelle, she is, we now have another advocate because she has yes. since had conversations with others, including you, that she understood her eyes were open. But yeah, that first, I still remind her the laughter was just, it felt cruel and unusual. Um, but she laughed at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And speaking of the foundation and what you do as this executive with all these years of experience yeah. working with donors and fundraising and development and, and creating programming, you know, asking for financial support from both companies and individuals, that seems like it could be a tough job because you are asking. So it's like you're stepping out. I know this is your job, but can you talk about about how you do that and is that easy for you? Is it hard for you? How do you how do you manage that and seem to be succeeding in it? You know, another great question. It is if you had asked me that question earlier in my career, I would have said, Oh, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. What happens for us introverts as age and experience, what people will tell you, I am very mindful of boundaries. I am very protective of my personal space and personal time. So having less gray and less spillover, when I'm in that space, there are reasons that I love being in that space. It's a relationship business. I had a boss who said to me years ago, and I had to adjust. In one of my reviews, he said, you know, in one-on-one, you are fantastic. In group settings, you're a bit more subdued. Yeah, me too. And, And and again, I had to go, okay, if this is the space that I'm in, this is where, and I want to be the best at it. I'm competitive. I want to be the best at it. Then I've got to find a way to navigate that. And the best way for me was, okay, everybody knows how this goes. When you walk in the room, just, and I used to say to folks, I'm walking up to you and saying hello because we don't know each other. And, and, and then it becomes easier because the human experience is what gets me through it. Relationships. We're all slightly, you know, the psychology of humans. We all go into a room and go, oh, I hope somebody talks me. Mm-hmm. So, so more times than not, when I get over just the, the illogical fear sometimes of it, people want to talk to people. And, and I find if I focus on the human to human connection, even if that's with 30 people at the same time, that's easier for me to get over the hump of shyness or, you know, sort, sort of the things of being an introvert, mm-hmm. because I love people. I find people to be remarkably interesting. So I'm really zero, and, and I think that's been successful in my in my work. Fund development, marketing is a relationship business. Whether it is a company, a, a foundation, or individual giving, you're still talking to an individual. It is still finding connections. It is still demonstrating empathy. So that is where my success has been. I have built long-term relationships that, that have followed me from Detroit to Chicago and from job to job in Chicago, because ultimately it is relationship. I'm never going to be that shiny, bright, gregarious. I can be, um, but that's just not necessarily who I am. But mm-hmm. the depth of the relationship that I've built with the funding partners, the, the human beings, that is where my success has come from. So I would say to an introvert in my field, 
you can't do it the way an extrovert. And why would you want to? They are mm-hmm. a unique skill set. There's a, there's a deeper level of empathy I feel that I can bring to a conversation because I'm a worker bee and I'm, I'll be shiny when I have to be. But I like the miracle that's in the detail. So that that's good for my business where others go out there and run and treat it like a sales position and just rack up sales. I rack up relationships. And they know that they can always count on it. it's going to be excellent service. I'm going to be attention to the detail. Those are things that as an introvert, I spent a lot of years, I think, trying to run an extrovert game or, or feeling somehow because it just seems like there are more of them. So I don't know that that's necessarily the case. So when I really just went, how are you the best that you can be? How can you tap into all of the magic that is you and, and, and understand who you are and, and don't judge it. I need breaks. I need breaks from other human beings, and, and, and I love other human beings. You know this, mm-hmm. but I need breaks from them. So instead of trying to fight that or be different, I lean into all of the interesting aspects of who I am. And I find that once I started doing that, I, I didn't have cold sweats. Um, I didn't go – I still do – and even at 52, sometimes I will go – I just don't want to go. I'm not sad. I just don't want to. I don't want to talk. I just, but, but, but sometimes I say to myself, then you don't have to. Not today. Mm-hmm. You can't stick here. But yeah, that's fine. Sit down and watch Netflix. Watch a movie. You're good. It's okay. So we can say that introverts, and I'm going to say, definitely yeah. contributes to your success. And even the introspection that led you down that path to really thinking about and analyzing, Absolutely. you know, what you're different, how you're different and how you don't have to act like that. You can be, you can make accomplish the same goals in the way that you do everything through the details and through the relationship building. So I'm going to say that that introversion contributes to your success. I'm going um, to accept that and agree. Okay. <laughs> and so I also wonder about your introversion and your writing, because I think a lot more authors are introverted than extroverted. I, I, I just believe that. I'm going to do some research on that. But I see that you've written um, a few award-winning novels. <laughs> How do you, and I'm asking because I'm always in my head, and I dream and fantasize these things, and then they kind of come to reality at some point oh, in my life my where goodness. I'll include them in my marketing plan or I'll have this creative idea, but it came from something I was mm-hmm. fantasizing about in my head. And so I wonder as an author and while you're writing and developing your characters and your and your storyline, does that come from the fantasies in your head or, or what powers that? What? How do you do that? How do you write? How does that work for you? You know, Going back to that fourth grade teacher, yes. one of the things she had me start doing was keeping a journal. Back to the introspection that you and I just talked about, when I was, oh gosh, getting to a certain milestone age, I pulled out all of my journals and for a week, every day when I came home from work, I remember my apartment, hardwood floors, I'd get a glass of red wine and I'd read my life on paper because I was incredibly honest in those journals. Mm. It was painfully so where I literally went when it's over, we need to we need to set these on fire. But I was bound and determined to be a better me. I, I felt like I was making the same mistakes that I've been making from middle school to high school to college, now career, um, personally, professionally, trying to find myself. 
So that's how my first book came because friends would always hit me, oh, you're such a great listener. You, you know, you hold secrets so well. You should write a book. And I would always jokingly go, when I have something interesting to say, I will. Reading my journals, reading my life, that is when I went, oh, there is something that is universal about the experience, whether you're shy, black, white, gay, straight, smart, pick it. But it really started as a selfish act. And part of the experience, to your point about fantasies, it was, if I had a chance, how would I change it? How would it be different? How would, it be, how would I take things from, from the life I want? I can create this world here. And that's one of the great things about a book. When it's finally done, and, and I remember my first book published by Penguin. And I remember the very first time I wrote it and laid out the map from chapter one through the last chapter. It, of course, changed as the characters told me who they were, but I need a roadmap. That's just who I am as an introvert. <laughs> I, I can't be creative without a foundation on, on which to be creative. But I remember reading it, and in some ways, the lead character was who I was, but who I wanted to be, pieces of other men and even women who I admired or aspired to be. And in a lot of ways, it was the most cathartic experience because writing it, saying that it's possible, it's only on paper, helped me to go, I can take some of this on. I can recreate and reimagine and evolve who I am. So yeah, a lot of that came from, because I needed it to be real. I'm not a big science fiction fan. Everything has to be rooted in some semblance of reality for me. I'm not really good at suspending disbelief. So I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Don't judge. I, I, yeah. I can't, you know, I, I may have seen one Star Wars movie, partly through the most recent one that came out. I went with on a date and he was explaining it to me. And I was like, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't want to get it. Um, but this, but, but what I did there was like, I'll never do it again, but I get to say I did it. But that's what the, so, so writing the books for me, while I think they, the reason why I think they resonated, they were rooted in reality. Even if you couldn't say what that reality was, they were rooted, but they were fantastical and hopeful enough and where folks can see themselves and they go, this too can happen for me. Yes, there's going to be pain, but reaching, I can make this possible for me. So that's, that's how my writing was kind of informed. I love that. And our inspiring writers, I'm sure, will love that as well. We are getting close to the end of our time, but no. I do want to ask you <laughs> I do want to ask you two more things. Of course, I want your advice. You've given so much great advice in this, but before we get to that, I wanna know about, you know, we're we're in phase four of the pandemic and we are all still managing and living through COVID nineteen. And so I wonder as an intro how you were with the shelter-in-place orders, especially when it first started mid-March, April. How did you manage? How was that for you? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What, it, what, what was it for you? <laughs> it was, I, I don't want to, not the challenge it was for my many extroverted friends. Mine too. Listen, I say to folks, I joke with someone it was hilarious of me to say that as a black man in America, I felt privileged. I have a job I love. I live in the South Loop of, of Chicago, you know, so food and health, my family's safe. So while I realized it was a pandemic, it is unsteady, uncertain time. I was not impacted in the way that others were. I like my alone space. 
I've created a space that works for me. So no, I would sometimes have to be there for my extroverted friends. And I say to them, listen, we can't do three video chats this week. I know you need that. I'll give you two. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm good. I've got books, you know, between the delivery services. I've got two crazy dogs. I'm happy in that regard. I get that this serious times, but no, I I crave the time to be alone and to just rejuvenate and re, you know, this was such a good time for rumination for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm at the point now, like today, I will go into my office and work the afternoon, but I'll do one day a week for the foreseeable future. And that for me, when I went in the first time, I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, nice change of pace. But I was good being home the rest of the time. So, yeah, not the, not the same as I'm sure if you have a conversation with an extrovert, they may say yeah, to you, they were I'm doing social distancing. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so any advice uh, for our introverts who are listening, our extroverts who are listening, anything that you'd like to share personally or professionally? Yeah. Lean into who you are. One, make space to hear yourself. Listen to the, the voices inside it, you know, the spirit inside of you. Trust in yourself. You know, my grandmother would always say gut. I now have come to understand that that is spirit. I'm a man of great faith. And the more I trust myself and trust that spirit and leave myself room to fail ridiculously, it calms me down and happiness becomes more and more within my reach. So whether you're an extrovert, introvert, something in between, be you. Be the best version of you that you can be. And that sounds precious, but I really mean that heading for my 52nd year. Once I got to that point where I gave myself grace, give yourself another's grace, especially right now. But if you're an introvert, read up on what introverts are. You may have some of those traits, but learn more about who you are. Mm -hmm. The same level of commitment and care that you give to your business, give that to yourself. So learn what you are, what your product is, what your personal narrative is. And then lean into that, support that, but also insist without being aggressive, just insist by standing in your space that others respect it. And the best way for them to respect it is if you do. So that would be my advice. Powerful, profound. Nothing, I'm, I'm so not surprised by your advice and by this amazing interview. Thank you, Darius, I for letting us in so your much. life. Oh, my gosh. I never thought I'd be on it. <laughs> I love listening to it. It's kind of weird up. for me. <laughs> well, thank, so you. thank you. Thank you so much. And yes. uh, we probably will do some follow-up because I want to talk about dating. So I know, oh. I mean, you now talk to me about two dates and, you know, I'm single, too. And so right. we... Yeah, we can do a whole show on Yeah, that. so we're going to do That's another show and talk about dating as an introvert. Oh, my Thanks. gosh, yes. All right, keep doing this. I love this. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking my freedom, pulling it off the shelf, putting it on my chain. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash introverts. Hush Loudly, and listen to past episodes at WGNRadio.com or HushLoudly.com. Take 